0: Everybody doing good? Come on, help me welcome all of our locations right now. Great to see you guys. Everyone watching online as well. How about that man conference? Does that look good or what? Come up in February? How many of you found yourself walking around the house going, and Jesus did it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tasha Cobbs, man. She's really amazing. She's been on like the Today Show recently. She's just really, God's really elevating her platform. But yeah, that's my new, Carrie and the kids are probably getting tired of me saying it, but <laughs> Jesus did it. <laughs> awesome. Are y'all ready to get in the word yeah. today? Okay. Okay. We're going to go to Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, and, uh, Man, I'm going to talk about revival. I think we're going to take a kind of take a look at at, at a picture of revival here in Acts chapter 16. Now, if you hadn't been here um, the last couple of weeks, we you know it's been a holiday and then getting back from the uh, New Year's holiday. Uh, please go online and listen to both Sundays and Wednesdays. This past Wednesday, I preached out of Acts chapter 12 about prayer. Clay preached on prayer the Wednesday before that. Um, you know, we've been talking about just all kind of great things leading into the new year. This is going to be your banner year. How many of you are standing on that? You're standing on that like this. This is the Lord, our banner, you know, just like some of you be watching the Jags today and you'll wave a Jags flag or a pom-pom or throw something or whatever you do. You know, we're, we understand the idea of lifting a banner where when we raise our hands It's part of why we raise our hands. We're we're lifting the Lord as our banner, the Lord himself, the name of Jesus. And when we do that, God fights for us. God moves on our behalf. God steps in our shoes. And so it's going to be a great year with the Lord our banner. We're going to go to Acts chapter 16. I'm going to read uh, verses 16 through 24. How about that? 16 through 34. Y'all ready to study the Bible, right? 16 through 34. So we're going to talk about revival. We're going to talk about praise. And I've entitled this message, Shake It Up. How many many of you are ready to shake things up in 2018? You know, when things get stale, you got to shake it up. And then we're going to look at a catalyst for that today in Scripture. And so let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. God, for uh, our our time together right now, which is, is not very long. God, help us to lean in. And receive your word. I thank you that you want everyone to experience a banner year. And you want everyone, God, to experience your best and experience revival this year. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, I'm going to start reading in Acts chapter 16, verse 16. Before I do that, I just want to give you a little bit of context here. Okay, so the big idea in Acts, if you've, if you've ever read the book of Acts, the big idea in Acts, it's, it's the spread of the gospel. It's the gospel going out. You see, like, in the first six chapters, it's what Jesus said, you know, going to all the world and preach the gospel uh, uh, throughout uh, Jerusalem and Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth. So that's what we see happening in the book of Acts, kind of the first six chapters or so is to the Jews, and then it begins to spread to the Sumerians and Judea, and then it begins to spread uh, to the Gentiles and all over the world. And so what we're looking here at here is Paul's second missionary journey, and man, they are, they are preaching it up, and God is doing signs and wonders, and they're coming into this city, uh, Philippi, so you think about the book of Philippians was written uh, to the church there, and so I'm going to pick it up. They're coming into the city, Acts 16, 16, and uh, they're coming into the city here, and by the way, this is also where, where we get the idea of, of, of riot. Everybody say riot. This is where the city accuses uh, Paul and Silas of basically kind of uh, causing a riot and turning the, the, the city kind of on its head. But how many of you know the real situation is uh, the world is already on its head and Jesus is trying to turn it right side up, amen? And so it says, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us and her master's, Uh, and her master's much profit by fortune-telling. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. Let me just stop right here and give you some context to what's going on here. So basically, in Roman culture, this is very, very common for, you know, there's oracles. There's the worship of all of these Uh, lesser gods and these demon spirits. I'm going to unpack that in a little bit in just a second. But this was very, very uh, much practice there. And what we really see here is we we see a young girl being trafficked. She was a slave. We're not really sure how she got demon possessed, but she's obviously, the spirit is in her and she's making her... uh, her, her, her masters, so to speak, a lot of money with her fortune. tearing. you gotta remember this. Listen, demons give you real power. It's just power that leads you away from God, and it's power that leads you to death, okay? And so that's what we see going on here. And so it's interesting. She says, these men are the servants of the most high God. And so here's what's going on. This demonic spirit Knows that, you know, Paul and Silas are, he knows something's going to happen he knows they're preaching the truth so see here's what the enemy does the enemy likes to mix in so what I think was going on here is, is the, the enemy was setting it up where he was going to kind of agree with Paul and Silas and then they were going to blow out and, and the, the enemy was going to agree with what they were doing but then take it another way see that's what deception is it takes part of the truth and then it twists it you follow me And so it says, Look, she did this for many days, but look, but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities, and they brought them to the magistrates, and they said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had, how many of you know, maybe Paul was rethinking that, Lord, did I get too annoyed there? Was this the... Because it, it doesn't say, you know, like he was in the spirit and turned in the grace of Jesus and commanded. No, it was like he got ticked off. He's like, I'm tired of this devil. And then all of this stuff erupts. And look, it says, in the multi-rose, okay, verse 23, it says, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely Having received such a charge, he put them into inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So I'm going to hold it right there, and then we'll go on to the next part. Because what I want to do right here, because what I'm, what I'm trying to do is in all these passages of Scripture, if it talks about angels or fallen angels or demons, I want to give you a little bit of context of that. Because I'm trying to seed the soul for that Wednesday night series on the end times that you saw there. This the age of man, final chapter. Okay. Where a lot of these things come into play. Okay. So can I give you real quick, we talked a little bit about this, this past Wednesday, I want to give you angels and demons real quick. Okay. 101. You ready to write this down? Angels and demons. Okay. Angels. There's two types of, of both of these angels. There's morning stars and there's watchers. Okay. Morning stars and watchers. Talked about this Wednesday night. The morning stars would be those angels that are closest to the throne of God. Those are the ones that look like really scary. Intense, you could say. Those are the ones like the cherubim and seraphim. Lucifer, Satan was one of these before he fell. He was the anointed cherubim. So like the seraphim have six wings. Cherubim have four wings. The cherubim have a face. It's like a lion and a bull and a man. Like eyes, seraphim, eyes all over them. Like these are like wild creatures. Okay, so there's those. And then there's what we looked at last week in the message. There's what uh, they called the messengers or the watchers, okay? That's out of Daniel. And these are the angels like Michael, like Gabriel, like some others. So we saw the appearance there, you know, eyes of fire and huge and bronze and all this kind of stuff. But they look more like humans. And obviously all these angels uh, can take some type of human or physical form that the Bible talks about that. And they're all over the Bible. So those are the two types of angels. And, uh, and then here's demons, okay? So the two types of demons are fallen angels and evil spirits. I think what we're dealing with here is an evil spirit. Uh, and let me just, we'll talk about this in the age of man, but a fallen angel is obviously like Lucifer is a fallen angel. He led one third of the angels in his coalition of rebellion. He finally, he got to one third of them. Genesis six talks about fallen angels coming into the daughters of men that created the Nephilim, or, or, or the giant race where Satan was trying to corrupt uh, the image of God and the DNA. And so in, when we look at fallen angels and evil spirits, and I'll talk about this later, but evil spirits are different. Evil spirits are actually the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. This goes way back into antiquity, and we'll talk about that. But they're bound in the earth or the abyss. That's why when Jesus encountered the evil spirits in that God, they said, hey, you're... <laughs> We didn't know you were showing up this early. Will you let us go into the pigs? Don't cast us into the abyss, okay? And so these evil spirits, they're, not, they're different from angels, but they're all in the same type of watch. Satanic coalition, all right? Let me give you the, are y'all, is this too much for y'all? Are y'all fasting? This all makes sense when you fast. I'm just saying, it all makes sense when you fast. It's very important because if you don't have context on these things, you're gonna be like, well, what's this demon and that demon, and then this is a fallen, angel. like, you know, it, it, it can get kind of weird, okay? I'm not trying to be weird or spooky, but we need biblical context so we can understand the narratives of the Bible and how Jesus came to set people free, amen? And so, watch, when we talk about Satan, this is important, okay? Satan means adversary. Satan is the word that's used to describe all the adversarial spiritual forces of God, okay? All that, so it's it's a lot of times, man, Satan did this. Well, it might not be the chief Satan, the fallen angel Lucifer, but it's that coalition of evil thoughts. Satan means adversary, and it is used to describe the chief, the head Satan, uh, the devil. But it's also just used to describe all adversarial forces, okay? So, you know, when someone says, you know, get behind me, Satan, or rebuke you, Satan, I don't, most of the time, it's not like the head Satan, it's, but it's part of his forces. Is everybody following me there? And then there's demons that's used to describe, you know, the whole army there of Satan. And, of course, he would be the chief demon or the prince of demons. But demon simply means Uh, lesser, watch, demon, it comes from the Greek word uh, uh, diamond, it means deity, lesser God, or guiding spirit. Do you see? So the deities or the lesser gods would be the fallen angels. We'll talk about that in the Age of Man series. How many of you are ready for that series, that End Time series? It's gonna be, it's gonna help you understand the Bible. It really is gonna help you understand the Bible. It's gonna help you glorify Jesus because he overcame a lot more than we understand, and God is on our side a lot more than we understand, okay? He really is. And, uh, so, so, and then, of course, there's the evil guiding spirits. And uh, I wanna remind you this verse in 1 Corinthians 10, 20, where it says this, I think this is on the screen. Here's what Paul says, it says, rather the things which the Gentiles, he's talking about people that don't know Jesus, such as these Gentiles here in Philippi, Rather the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons, lesser gods, deities, lower deities than the real God, fallen deities, and evil spirits, they sacrifice to demons and not to God, and I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. So he was talking about one of the main things, if you go back to Acts 15, that kind of thrusted this whole, what we're reading about here in the evangelization <laughs> evangelization, of the Gentiles was this. The, the, the council in Acts 15 said, look, there's two things. Okay, we're, man, we're bringing Jesus to everybody. There's two things you need to help these cultures here, these pagan cultures with, okay? That's this. We need them to, to uh, abstain from meat sacrifice to idols. What that signified was they're receiving Jesus as their only God. If you went to a religious festival and you ate meat sacrificed to an idol, you were acknowledging that lesser deity or that fallen angel or demon as a God. So they're saying, look, Jesus is the only God. Jesus is the only mediator between man and God. There is one God and Jesus is not only above all these other gods, he created all these other gods, which while all these other gods are not really gods, they're false gods, And Jesus is the true God. And the other thing he said, and abstain from sexual immorality because in these cultures, there were temple prostitutes. And you'll see, and this goes all the way back to the meta-narrative in Genesis. It's always about sex, human sacrifice, and worshiping these false gods. That's the narrative throughout. Thank God Jesus came and showed us who God really was and showed us how to worship the real and true God. So that's what's, going on here. Is everybody, everybody follow me on that? Okay, awesome. So watch this. So now let's go to Acts 16, 25. I like this. So they're, they're in jail, right? Paul and Silas, they're, they're in jail. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas, I love this, were praying and singing hymns to God. I like this. I like the Bible says, it was midnight. In other words, I don't know how long they had been in there. This is kinda, you know, they're in jail, they're probably gonna be executed or or, or at least severely beaten, but it's midnight and they're singing hymns and praying. In other words, they're praising God. At midnight, kinda the, the end. Kinda like it got to midnight, it was the end of this, of this episode here. Like, like, Here's what I want to say about this. It's awakening revival. They got to the awakening revival. See, some of you, listen, you're in chains, you're bound up. What I'm asking you to do until the end of the fast, come on, you've got to keep praising God. You've got to keep praying, you might You might not see a lot of change on the outside, but what have we learned? God, look, the answer's on its way. The answer is on its way. You've gotta keep standing in faith, singing hymns. That means most of the hymns uh, in the Jewish culture, they were based on the Psalms. Come on, you know what that means? They were in the Word, they were praying, and they were praising. I'm telling you this, if you'll just stay in the Word, if you will pray, and if you will praise, you've got a breakthrough coming your way. You've got a breakthrough coming your way. Hmm. look at this. It's getting good up in here now. It says, look, suddenly, I love that, suddenly. Who's ready for a suddenly? Who's ready for a suddenly? And this, this is where it gets good. See, here's what happens. A lot of times we look at the suddenly miracles that God does. And we don't realize that there was a process of praising and praying and staying in the word until the suddenly happens. But I'll say this, when that suddenly happens, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen big time. Look what it says here. It says, "Suddenly suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors opened. Listen, I love this. All the doors open and everyone's chains were loosed. The people that weren't even praising God, just because they got in the environment, oh, I don't think you're hearing me today. I'm telling you, you got got family and friends that you've been believing for. They're not praying, they're not praising, but you're praying and you're praising. All you got to do is get them in the environment. Come on, you bring the shake and God's going to bring the quake. Look at someone near you and say, we're shaking it up this year. We'll shake it up this year. We're shaking up. I love this. Look, look, look. So the people in the environment, all of a sudden their chains fall off. All of a sudden, all the, not just the cell to to, to Paul and Silas, all the cells were open. Man, aren't you glad that God is for everybody? And everyone, look, watch, watch. Who knows what kind of criminals were in this jail? I mean, I'm sure there were murderers here. I'm sure there were people that had done terrible things. Now, listen, listen, listen. This is very, very important. Listen to me. Some of you, talking to everybody, some of you, you've made some mistakes. You've you've sinned. And you're having a hard time forgiving yourself because you, it's like, You you can't you're you're ashamed. You can't believe that you did that and you're ashamed of it and you're the condemnation of the enemy has got you bound. I feel like God wants to tell some people today that listen your mistakes do not negate the promises of God, the grace of God, or the blood of Jesus in your life. And what... And what God is saying is this is your season to realize that those chains are off and that those doors are open, that God's putting all that under the blood. You've got to forget those things that are behind. You've got to press on to the higher calling of God. He is an everyone God and you are just as valuable and you are no worse a sinner than anybody else in God's eyes. That's what it's communicating here. God's freedom is for everyone. And here's what I believe. Will you receive that today? Because here's why condemnation, the enemy, what the devil does, we're all about demons and Satan and all that, that kind of stuff. One of his main titles is what? He is the accuser of the brethren. He is a slanderer. And if you open your ears to his voice, that's what you're gonna hear. That's why it's so important to get in the Word and to get in prayer and to get in praise so you hear God's voice, because God says all of your sins are forgiven. It's just as though you've never sinned. I remember your sins no more. My grace has got you covered. I want you out of those chains. I want you out of that cell. It's a new day for you. Come on, you gotta shake it off. You gotta shake that condemnation off. We're gonna shake it off through prayer. We're gonna shake it off through praise. We're gonna shake it off by coming to revival. I guarantee you, the enemy is gonna give you 50 reasons why not to come to revival. He's gonna give you all kind of reasons why not to come to church. He's gonna give you all kind of reasons why not to spend time, a little time with God in the morning. Make up your mind in 2018, uh uh-uh, I'm doing this. Uh Uh-uh. I'm forgiven. It's a new day. It is a new year. God loves me. Come on. Look at King David, man. King David uh, committed adultery. He's a total womanizer. What are you out there spying on all them women taking baths for? And killed his best friend. I don't think anybody's killed their best friend in here. See, you're doing better than you think. You're like, yeah, I am not know that yet. You know that after after David repented, God still called him a man after his own heart. Come on, aren't you thankful for the grace of God, the grace of God? Because here's why I'm saying that. Here's why I'm saying that. Because the enemy, the enemy will use that to keep you from praising. He'll say, you're not good enough to praise. You're not good enough to, look, we don't worship We don't praise God for grace, we praise God from grace. I'm I'm forgiven, I'm free because of the blood of Jesus, and the blood of Jesus only, I can approach God's throne, what? With boldness and confidence. I wanna get your confidence back. Some of you need to get your shake back. Some of you used to shake it off in the club, you need to start shaking it off in the church. Come on. <laughs> God is about to dismantle. This was a dismantling of prison. This wasn't a little, shh, you know, little angel slipping through the cracks. Oh, shh, about be quiet. We go. I got a little key here. D-d-d-d. You know, cracked his cell, y'all. Shh. This was like dismantle. This was like earthquake, this is like blow up the prison, this is like all the chains fall off, all the doors open up. I'm telling you, you serve a big God and there is not a cell of bondage that God can't dismantle in your life. Okay, look at this. It says, uh, look, and the keeper of the prison awakening From sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he knew he was was gonna get executed anyway. All the prisoners are escaped. That's what they did did back then. And it says, but Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Man, Paul's a Christian, isn't he? How many of you would have run out that cell? You ain't looking back. I'm out of here, man. God done freed me up man. I don't care about the rest of y'all criminals, y'all. <laughs> but here comes Paul being like Jesus again. Do yourself no harm. No, look, do, do yourself no harm. Look, for we're all here. But watch, Here's see, watch this. When you can praise God while you're in the trial... It's such a powerful witness to others, okay? So, so, so see, here's what's going on. Because they praised God while they weren't free, because they praised God before the miracle, that was the witness that set everything up for all the miraculous stuff that you're about to see. Next, it says... Uh, He said, look, do yourself no harm for we're all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling. This is the guard, trembling before Paul and Silas. uh, Silas, He said, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I believe if you will bring people to God's house over these next couple of weeks, if you will bring people to awakening, I believe God's gonna show up and they're gonna say, okay, what I need to do to be saved. What I need to do to be saved. Look at this. And uh, he said, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. Then he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Man, isn't this awesome? Look, this guard, he gets saved. His household gets saved. He brings uh, Paul and Silas out. He washes their stripes and immediately he and all his family We're baptized, I'm telling you right now, God wants your whole household saved. He wants your whole household saved. If you will learn the power of praise, I'm gonna give you a few points here before we close. If you will learn the power of praise, it will be a testimony to your family and friends that will eventually draw them right into the arms of Jesus. Says, uh, now when he had, look at verse 34. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced having believed in God with all of his household. What a beautiful story. Let let me just unpack this a little further and just give you a couple of things that you can take with you. So here's the first. Here's the first mistake that the enemy made when he bound Paul and Silas up. He bound up every part of them, hands, feet, body, everything else. He bound up every part of them but their mouth. He should have gagged those suckers. <laughs> because why? The Bible says that power of life and death is in the tongue. The Bible says that all things are possible what with the sword of God in our hand and the high praises of God in our mouth. The Bible says this. The Bible says that if you say to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea. Nothing will be impossible for you. See, here's the thing. The power is in your praise. It doesn't matter what part of your life, what part, what circumstance, what's going on in your life right now. I'm telling you what, as long as you got a mouth, watch. You can, if you can confess, you can conquer. If you can talk, you can triumph. I'm telling you, if you can praise God, all things are possible because the power, listen, the power is in your praise. And you might have a lot of problem, but I'll tell you this, your problems are gonna have a problem because praise is a problem for your problems. God moves through praise. If you can praise, you can prevail. If you you can praise, see here's what, what does the Bible say? That the Lord what, he inhabits the complaining, the worrying, the wishful thinking. He inhabits what? The praises of his people. I don't care where you are, what you're going through, how depressed you are, how many problems you have, I'm telling you what, God wants to come into your situation and you can have him come into your situation anytime that you want by just lifting your hands and giving God some praise. The Lord inhabits. Come on. He inhabits. He comes down. He steps into your shoes. He makes a home. He makes a throne, that's what we're, the sign of raising our hands, we're creating a throne for God. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. God makes his house in your house, and I'll tell you what, when God's in the house, things are gonna get in order. When God's in the house, things are gonna get cleaned up. When God's in the house, evil's gotta go. When God's in the house, bondage has to go. That's why the Bible says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Freedom is a byproduct of praise. Paul and Silas just praised God until freedom had to come because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. God is going to set you and your household free. Come on. Can we just take a praise break right now? Can anybody... situation, we give you praise. In fact, stay standing. I'm calling the praise team out right now. I'm calling an audible. Get the praise team out. I'm calling an audible. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Who's ready for God to inhabit their situation right now? Who's ready for some freedom right now? Put these up there, watch this. Stay in praise, stay in praise. Look, we're gonna do this right here. No, I need praise, I need praise. I want praise. Watch, praise gets God's attention. Put it up there. Who's ready to get God's attention right now? It gets his attention. Now, I know, watch, I know God is here. He's he's with us all the time, but to give you a visual, it's it's kinda like this. It's, It's kinda like this. If my kid, I hear him talking, da, 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 da. but my kid, I've heard them say my name sometimes with a, a desperate, a sincere, a, when they say call me like that, Dad, when they call me like that, I'm like. Yeah. When you lift up God and praise, God's like. It gets his attention, it gets his attention. Look at this, faith arises out of praise. Praise is like a faith factory. Why, because praise changes your perspective. How many of you know you're thinking all crazy, you're all down on yourself, you're down on everybody else. Come on, you start praising God, not when the breakthrough happens, but in the difficulty, all of a sudden your perspective changes. Faith starts coming up and that faith can move mountains. Look, praise has nothing to do with circumstances. So Paul tells us, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, we're gonna rejoice right now. Look, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Who's ready for God to inhabit them right now? I need a praise song. I need a praise song. Don't, don't make me wait on y'all. Come on, I need, come on, Big Mo. Big Mo knows, come on, Big Moly. Look, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Come on. When you praise God in difficulty, it's a powerful witness. And praise is a prerequisite for revival. Who's ready for some revival? Right now. Come on. Come on. Come on.